Shalom and welcome to Rivkush, the CJN podcast with Jews of Color talking about everything Jewish. My guest today, and I am over the moon, is Nisim. 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 Working on it. <laughs> Nisim. Nisim. You had it right, I Nisim. Know. Black. He uh-huh. is an American Israeli rapper, songwriter, record producer, super cool. He has been a gangster rapper gang member and a faith seeker, but it is his current incarnation as a faith seeker that is here to stay, an African-American Hasidic Jew who brings sharp beats and hooked-filled rhymes to everyone. They now, I'm also pleased to mention, because when I hear this, this just excites me to the core, he made Aliyah with his wife and seven children in 2016. There is a lot to unpack. And first of all, though, welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, well. Sorry about all our technical difficulties. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then, it. And then, of it. course, me pronouncing. So for the listeners, just before we were having this thing, like, so how do you pronounce your name? Because my Israeli okay. said, like, SIM card, Nisim, but apparently <laughs> it's not. So you go ahead and pronounce your name for everybody. No, it's Nisim. But what, what you know, I answer. I answered to Nisim, uh, you know, in the hood, people can't really pronounce it, so they call me Na- Nasim. Okay. I answered to that. You know, just whatever comes out of people's mouth, I pretty much answer to. But the thing is, it's because what throws everybody off is because I'm, I'm dressed like a Hasid, which I am. I am Hasidic. Mm-hmm. However, but I'm, I'm Sephardi. Before I'm Hasidic, I'm Sephardi. I'm Sephardi first. So Nisim is actually how you pronounce it. You know. Now when people call me Nisim, I also just, I just, I don't, I don't correct them. Yeah. I just, I go by it. I'm not so machbeat about it. There you, know? you go. That's kind of <laughs> like me. And uh, I've heard everything from... Rivki, which is okay. Riv, Rikva, mm-hmm. Rikva, all Rikva, sorts of variations. Oh, and I'm like, wow. But you know what? I just say, hi. <laughs> like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? <laughs> right. But it's okay. So let's talk about your journey because I, I'm, I know for a fact you've done multiple interviews. And, you know, I'm sure you've told your story many, many times, but I want to hear your story from you. <laughs> so, you know, you are you're you're all about music you you rap and i've listened to a few of your songs and i gotta say your voice just like mm-hmm. oh, oh thank you it, thank you it <laughs> I, I can't even really find thank the you. words i was like it's just smooth it's like i was like i could mm-hmm. listen forever like forever yeah, awesome um, awesome you should you should oh, use your spotify account and listen forever I, I, i'm totally uh, <laughs> totally gonna do it totally gonna do it so because i think sometimes when people who aren't familiar they're like oh he's a rapper he's a rapper but you're so much more than that i mean you, you, right, you got no. your rap you know and motherland i hope i'm saying that right motherland mm. motherland <laughs> you know, bounce yeah, exactly. motherland bounce. but then right. you have some beautiful melodies in in your later work it's just some like mm-hmm. smooth right. smooth stuff so you've right. been doing this for a while yeah like i think in early mm-hmm. 2000s yeah yeah yep. Yeah, yeah. i started yeah i think i recorded my first professional song in 2001 i think it was i was like 13 or something well, like that maybe then. i first started recording <laughs> professionally yeah <laughs> i'm happy to know tell it to my kids every t- every time i mention something like from the early 2000s and my kids it's like ah oh, but that was like a long time ago that was in the olden days the my kids call it they say <laughs> in the olden days uh i mean but uh but but it's, uh, you know i would say in short but my you know my story begins in seattle um speaking of music my my mother and my father uh, pioneered hip-hop in Seattle, so they were the very first uh, hip-hop group in Seattle. My mother was a rapper. My father was a rapper. So I tell people all the time, you know, when they when they ask me, and i like, you know, you're Jewish. Why are you, like, why are you, like, rapping? I say, hey, it's, it was in, in my yichus, you know? I inherited this from my parents. I was, <laughs> I was, I was yashing this. It wasn't something like uh, I just started all of a sudden, yeah, you know? Like, I like became Jewish like and I want to have a rap career. It sounds like they were rock stars, <laughs> yeah, they so were. to speak. Like, you really oh, they had, were like, playing. Playing with, uh, 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, they were playing with like, you know, Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five and Kumo D and open it up. Like, and I see all these records, like they used to tell me they used to write, but I didn't notice until like one day I was a kid and um, I was going through, uh, I don't know, one of the like attic closet slash closets over there. And I was like going through and I seen this old photo album. So I went through and I'm like, wow, looking at all these like newspaper articles. It was like in the newspaper every single like week, you know? And this is at the, it's at the beginning of rap. So it was like that whole new hype of, of people, you know, like when my father tells me now, you know, he's like back in the olden days, it was just about fun. This is pre, you know, NWA and pre, you know, all the gangster rap and all the other stuff. So everything by then was just about having fun. And they never even knew how serious it was going to be. In fact, I'll tell you, um, the, 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 you know, Seattle was no, if you look in the rap, mm-hmm. apart from the grunge and everything yeah. else, you look at rap, you know, the two biggest names out of Seattle, you're probably going to know is Macklemore, who was a good friend of mine, yeah. and also Sir Mix-a-Lot, who was one of yes, my mentors. of course I know. So Sir Mix-a-Lot told me himself, because he, back in the day, was just DJing. He said, I used to tell your father, and then this rap stuff ain't going to last. It ain't going to be nothing. <laughs> you know, that come from Mix-a-Lot, man. He said, but I tell you, he says, they were the first ones on it. Don't let nobody tell you different. They were they were ahead wow. of the game. And so, you know, just sort of being able to have that, which which I always heard, you know, if everybody got drunk enough, I would hear about how good they were back in the day. But when I actually found it, it was like, wow. So I remember in my in my home, I had like this. Uh, little makeshift studio with my karaoke machine. I like grabbed every single out of date, you know, uh, electronic that I could. And I always had in my vision from the time I was a kid, I was like eight years old and I made myself this fake studio. I had like a vent that would hang down from the wall. So I, I would take the microphone and I threw it over the vent. So it'd be hanging down because I, I didn't that. have a mic stand, you know, so I, I had it. But on my wall, instead of like platinum plaques and stuff, I had all these uh, newspaper articles of my parents, you know. And it was just sort of like my motivation as a kid. That's like a movie scene. I, you, but anyway. Oh, um. oh, you know what? That's exactly what I was thinking because I could visualize it. And I literally pictured this movie of your life and that scene. That scene. Right, right, right. It was like crazy thinking about it. But that was that was the beginning of me just sort of as a kid. Now, as a, when I was young always. I was dancing, singing, performing and whatever. Um, but on the other side of that, I grew up, you know, very much so exposed to a street life. Both my parents sold drugs. My mother and father split when I was two. My mother um, later on uh, remarried. And my stepfather, who, who raised me, which I never call stepfather, he's my dad, no doubt about it. He raised me, <clears throat> was the person I had in my house. And and even him, you know, my mother and my father had a, had a bad breakup when I was younger. So she was very, uh, she had a lot of resentment. But if it wasn't even for my for 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 my dad, you know, my stepfather, but my dad saying like, you know, he's the one that made sure I kept a good relationship with my with my biological father also too. I think it was sort of as a man he understood, which was big, you know. So I you know, that shift from my fifth grade year to my sixth year grade year was crazy. Like I started hanging out with my, you know, the wrong crowd. I was smoking weed every day already. You know, I started smoking weed. The first time I smoked weed I was nine years old. So already by the time I was twelve, I was just like and since everybody else but the house was so high, nobody cared. What yeah. I was. like, nobody even paid attention. But had they had been really attentive or whatever, they, they definitely wouldn't have wanted me to go down that that yeah. path early on. So <clears throat> it wasn't something, but it, it just it's just a part of that lifestyle, you know, the things that you're exposed to in that world. Mm-hmm. So by the time I was 13, um, I had a friend who introduced me to this uh, hip hop program that was at that was at the Union Gospel Mission after school. Uh, reach out place. Uh, it's like a reach out center um, or outreach center, I should say. Mm-hmm. And um, and that place sort of became my second my second home, you know, if not my first home. I was probably there more than I was home, save sleeping, you know. Mm-hmm. And I had great mentors there um, and they really took me in. And there I converted to Christianity. They took me on this like missionary camp and whatever. And however, I kept growing and kept growing. My high school years, I played football. I was on the football team. Um, and we were, we were really good. I was like, really like, I, I became like a serious jock, you know what I'm saying? Like oh, very, really? very got, <laughs> I was like first guy in the gym, last guy out Dang. of the gym, but it was so much, so much noise and so much stuff going on at home, you know? And as I grew up, 
kind of grew up in a house where there was always an open door. At any given time, there was some uncle or cousin or one of my friends ran away from their home, so they were staying by us also, too. My house was really a, a place of refuge. Illegal activity, but it was also a place of <laughs> like refuge that. for a lot of people. Illegal activity, you know? <laughs> but also refuge. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there were so many people I could think back on my life that they, they knew that the way that they were living was not the truth and they didn't want to be like mm-hmm. people don't realize it's not like people uh, sometimes uh, people so institutionalized and you know this is the only thing i can do right now or exactly. this is the this is you know this is what i know yeah. so people don't really realize i remember you know uh big up to my boy jimmy jam i don't know what jimmy jam last time i know he was doing time but mm-hmm. i remember jimmy jam he was he was he was vicious in the streets. People knew him, and then, wow. you know, you didn't want to be on the opposite side of this guy, you know. And wow. I remember one day I was walking, and I was a few, with a few of my guys, and uh, and I ran into him. And he had always, you know, been been an older guy for me, like, you know, somebody that I looked up to, especially when I was a run around mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And he said, Black, stick to the music. Stay out mm-hmm. of these streets. Stay away from it. He said, it's just, it's not for you. You know what I'm saying? Right. He said, this, he said, this is not life, man. You got, you already have something. You need to stick with it. And I, I and those words meant so much to me coming from that guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So anyway, I grew up with a lot of that. So because of that, I wasn't alienated from a good heart. I was alienated from opportunities. I was alienated from seeing something beyond, you know, what I had grew up in. Mm-hmm. And um, so, what happened is my I think my tenth grade year uh, of high school I was going into yeah I was going into my eleventh grade year uh, is where I met my wife my wife's my high school I was sweetheart just about so to we ask were you that. dating yeah, yeah you know I was. <laughs> so we started dating at like sixteen I think oh she was seventeen gosh. but she was um, my wife had grew up much more in a Christian background but she had kind of already by this time been on her own journey she had become Seventh Day Adventist as opposed oh. to being Southern Baptist the way she grew up and Pentecostal okay. for most of her her, her early years. Um, and so she sort of went on her own journey. So it kind of set the stage because she was already like, you know, respecting or honoring the Sabbath, you know, as a, yeah, you know, whatever, they as a Christian. Yeah, the same day, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, they do the same day. So for her, by the time we started the, you know, the journey together, it was a, there was a, some familiarity, um, familiarity for, for, for her. So we go into to our high school year and we're, all lovey-dovey and you, you can imagine with football and I was still making music and and now I had a girlfriend uh you know four times <laughs> my first real girlfriend right so I was like you know I'm like totally distracted <laughs> to the highest degree you know what I'm saying school came last and so uh near the end of that year my 11th grade year a demo of mine makes it to the desk of an A&R at a record label um I think it was Virgin Records at this time and um they started reaching out to me, <clears throat> this a and and we started having, you know, serious conversations. And uh, one of the things that he that he wanted at the time was, you know, more gangster rap, which uh, which was really in. 50 Cent was for sure the biggest guy mm-hmm. in hip hop at that time. So that was sort of the, you know, what the record labels were looking at is saying, like, you know, this is what we want. We want to duplicate the same thing because this is something that already works. Now, that obviously... Um, didn't align with my morals at the time. I was, uh, you know, at this point, a uh, you know, Christian kid. Yeah. I was very involved in and all the different youth groups and Bible studies yeah. and leadership programs and everything that would else. Not have gone over so it didn't really, well. <laughs> it did not work. It did not work. Uh, however, they, you know, they were offering, you know, quite a bit of money, mm. and so that definitely swayed me. Yeah, um, like, as oh, this. Oh, oh, uh... <laughs> hold, on. hold on for a minute. Let me put out my Bible and let me get my. <laughs> <laughs> What's so what's so interesting about it though was like how conscious of the decision I was, and 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 to some degree how foolish I was because what I said to myself was I'm not gonna change who I am I'm just gonna I'm gonna be me mm-hmm. but you know I'll just I'll be the the me who I am now privately and then I'll just put on the show you know saying for the money it's, I said all oh, these guys are okay. just acting anyway yeah, you know so what like, I'm saying so I'll so do you that kind of tried to like compartmentalize like it's like exactly you know, take exactly off, put on the costume take it off put it on take it off exactly oh, exactly and it's a, it's a really it's really a, was a failed mission yeah, because that'd be so slowly that would be hard on <laughs> yeah, you and of it's course. not authentic <laughs> It's not authentic. And what it just wasn't authentic to who I was. It was authentic to what I seen and what I grew up. So it was right. easily easy to replicate. Uh-huh. But it but it wasn't me. 
And I think that once you are um, replicating something or you're you pretending to do things that are not true to you, uh, if you do them long enough, I won't say that you'll necessarily become that. I say that you will you will forget who you really mm. are. No. Lose you. That will that will happen. You will forget who you are, mm-hmm. and that definitely happened to me because okay. I was very, you know, it was a, a it was a confusing time. You know, when I was with my girlfriend, I was this you know goody two shoe guy. I was yeah. you know whatever. Then when I was around my guys, you know, how um, did you know, you, how did your girlfriend uh, Alina, Alina, yeah, how did she, Adina, Adina, Adina. When I say Alina, Adina, yeah. how did Adina feel <laughs> about it? She was very, very supportive always. Um, And since I wasn't that guy around her, you know what I mean? So she didn't have to go head on. But I think she was just like so in love, you know, Um, which which was I I made it easy. Um, But (laughs) (laughs) no, no, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. joking. But, you know, she she I think she was just so in love and we just like had the love bug and we were, you know, young, young, like I said, high school sweethearts. So she she was just being very, very supportive. But she was never like that was never her style of like music or anything like that. Like totally not. It was like, you know, it was only out of support. And um, and and also, too, I think it, w- it would be her and her being grounded, whatever that would sort of help me pull out of that mm-hmm. later on as, as time went. Um, it was it was good that I had her, that anchor, because if you did, I don't think if I if I didn't have her, I would have kept fooling myself. You understand what I mean? Yeah, I do. If I didn't have that person in my life to 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 be that rock and yeah. be somebody that that you can you can hold on to, somebody that could keep you, you wouldn't you would mm-hmm. continuously, you know, keep going down this uh, dark path that I was heading down. Mm-hmm. So anyway, long story short, you know, the the inner circle started to change. The people that were around me started to change. It was, you know, a lot of guys that I sort of you know um, distanced myself from. Uh, like again, not because they're bad people, just like the lifestyle that I wanted to live wasn't going to work if I was, you know, hanging out with people that were living a different lifestyle. So, but slowly my inner circle started to change, and um, and before time, in in between this time, I should say at least, I end up one of the most powerful. I mean, things that happened to me were well, not powerful in a good way, but like the the I would say the. The one thing that shook up my world was um, I lost my mother. Oh. So when I lost my mother to an overdose, oh, she died, and that was very, very hard. That was very, oh, very dear. hard. But it, but what it did to me, like it just like it like, I I felt uh, emotionally like paralyzed almost. Like you know what I'm saying? It was just so shocking, so sudden. And you can't, you know, once somebody overdose, you for sure can't prepare for it. Like, you know, there was no preparation really for that. So instead of like, you know, we didn't have a such thing like in Judaism, we have Shiva where you could sit. I didn't have that. So I I did the opposite. Like I drowned myself inside the studio. I got to kept myself as busy because if I would have had to take time, I would have had to think. And if I if I would have had to think. You know, I couldn't. I, you know, I could say I had a little bit of shiver because I, I remember my 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 wife, who was my girlfriend at the time. She lived in um, she lived in uh, Federal Way, which is about I don't know, maybe thirty forty minute drive from Seattle, where I was living in South Seattle, whatever. Um, so on the way back and forth, because I started staying by her afterwards, hard for me. My mother died in my bed, so it was oh, hard for me to sleep man. in my bed in my room. You know, but I have uh, some trauma, you know. Oh, that's and a so lot, it was a lot as a kid. It was it was it was huge for me. But on the way back and forth, the most comforting thing was listening to Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx had an album out at the time, and I'm he like, had Jamie a song. Yeah, Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx helped me through some through a hard time. I tell you what, he has a song called "I Wish You Were Here," which is a song I think for his his grandmother. I think who raised him, uh-huh. um, and and it was a song about you know after she had passed away, and I will ride up and down listening to that song on repeat. Wow. <laughs> on wow. Repeat. And Spotify wasn't the thing back then, so <laughs> if it had been, I'm sure I would have did all the streams for for Jamie on yeah. that one. But that was my that was my jam, you know. So you know that was that was comforting. But now after that, things got you know a uh, little bit heavier because I I ended up not doing the deal with the label and we we ended up going independent. And um, I, I think at that time I had a I, I was trying to get a bidding war at a few different record labels that were interested in me at the time. I had Virgin, I had Atlantic Records, 
there was uh, Dame Dash Music Group, which is after uh, Slim. It was after Jay Z and Dame Dash had split uh, with Rockefeller, oh, and yeah. then there was uh, Shady. I think Shady Records. Eminem okay, Record label. these are so like I, big names. Like huge. <clears throat> they were all big names. Huge. So I was like really thinking like this is about to happen for me, you know, you know. Yeah. And um, I don't think we played our cards right. And uh, so at some point, you know, everybody found out the pushed whatever, and nobody bit afterwards. After a while. Uh, we didn't have anything, so we decided to go independent, and which was better. I'm happy it went that way because I got to learn entrepreneurship very, very young, you know, and selling CDs out of the trunk and got to get my own buzz. And then all of a sudden, here it goes that the you know the local you know uh, tastemakers realize, oh no, this is so and so son. This is the you know Emma Street cool. boys, Emma Street girls. This is the son. So I became. <clears throat> um, more known even as who my parents were and now right. that I was doing it. So it was a it was a it was sort of like a beautiful thing that I'm sure they probably they got a lot of nachos from. Um however, uh, that led to some uh beef with another rapper who mm-hmm. seen that I was coming out and it was very strong and he wanted to get himself out there. So he made, you know, standard diss track on me. Mm-hmm. Um that led to a physical altercation oh. that uh, later on led to me uh to a friend of mine who went up after him who tried to kill him. So that put me in a kill or be killed situation because they thought I sent somebody to kill them. Oh so after that, you know, you're faced with, uh, what do you do? Yeah. You know, yeah. you go take another person's life. You know, after all, this was all just rap music, it's right? Music. We were just, we were pretending. Yeah. We were pretending. You were in that <laughs> costume. It's like, what is happening right. here? Right. And it became reality at that point. And, and so for me, uh, my natural response was prayer. You know, I even you know I'm I'm a I'm a big prayer guy right now in Judaism, like abnormally. You know what I'm saying? Especially for, uh, for it shouldn't be abnormal. I would say, especially oh. in the Orthodox world. But it is I'm abnormally into prayer. You, right? you went and on I, a prayer and I've retreat. always been that way. You went on a prayer like, retreat. <laughs> yeah, just recently. Yeah, right. Yes. Like literally on the retreat outside. Yeah, like Aaron, boom, say, gone. <laughs> And told you everything. Yeah, no, I, I it was an emergency for me. I, I, there's a lot of stuff going on in life. I really needed to pray. So sorry about Good. that. We had no, to no, no, no. But I, I, no, I, you... but you should know. You should know. It was it was worth it. And I and I literally was there for, for maybe 12, 13 hours straight praying every both days. You know, uh, I spoke a little bit. I did and literally with my own words, not the, not from a prayer book. Mm-hmm. So I, I for me, prayer is is life. And when I and when I don't have it, I feel like I'm drowning. Wow. So even as a kid, I. I sort of had this. So that was my natural response after not praying for years because mm-hmm. I got caught up in this whirlwind of pretending to be something that I wasn't. That all of a sudden, now my life is on the line. I just I started praying. I didn't have yeah. anything else, you know. And um, and I had a I, my miracle was that this guy called me um, because that was like that's just unheard of. Nobody ever calls. You know what I mean? I, that next year, even I lost so many friends. Um, to gang violence, and they were killed by other friends. You know what I'm saying? At least other people we all grew up together yeah. with. And it was, and you know, my sister, she was 13 that next year. She got shot. Oh, Thank dear. God she survived. But her friend who was 15, he didn't survive. Uh, so it was a lot of violence that, like, just really spiked up, like, literally right after this altercation that I was able to talk to this person man to man and we put it behind us right. but then it's like where do you go because i can't continue to portray something that i'm that i'm not exactly. anymore you know what i'm saying like it's this is not not my world yeah. you know and so uh and so i stayed home i didn't know what i was going to do so i stayed home and i kept praying kept praying and as i was praying and as i was you know you know having having my my spiritual moments <laughs> um I decided to pick up the Bible again and start reading it. And so I picked up a Bible and started reading. And I just started noticing that things were a little bit different. And so I started going online. Mm-hmm. And, and not that things, nothing had changed. Yeah. Only thing that changed was, was the fact that there was nobody around me. There was no pastors. There was no, no, no person around me to tell me what I was reading. Right. right. Because if somebody tells you what you're reading, you can read things into things that are there that are clearly not there. It becomes their perspective, so, too, right? Exactly. You, yeah. you could be taken in somebody else's mm-hmm. perspective, right? And so when you have nobody around and you've been, like, out of that space for years and you pick it up, it's like your eyes are sort of brand new. So when I'm looking at it and I'm seeing all these, you know, passages, you know, uh, you know about, you know, God being married to the backslider or it talks about, the, you know, what was it, one of the biggest things that I've seen 
that, you know, before before I knew you, I formed you in the womb. You know, that it says to Jeremiah that God was talking to Jeremiah. Like, and, and people have always said these passages and different things like that. And, you know, all the different promises of the commonwealth of Israel, always understanding these promises to the church. And I'm looking at them. It's like, this is to the Jewish people. That was specifically said to that prophet. This was, and I, and I had always heard them and people fly it around yeah. and stuff like that. But in context, I'm looking at it and I'm like, how did I, you know, and I think I'm like, man, I grew up in the Jewish neighborhood. I don't know anything about Judaism. You know what I mean? So I like just went on this journey of sort of searching very lightly. And then I started watching, um, you know, different debates between, you know, uh, Christians, Muslims and 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 and, and Jude- Judaism. I started watching debates between creationist scientists, evolutionists. And, you know, I went on this whirlwind. I went on the, you know, that thing that YouTube does to you. Um, and then and then I started buying books because I was very, very intrigued to start doing cross comparisons and different things like that. I have a few different versions of the Christian Bible. I had JPS Tanakh and Chumash. I had Quran. And I was literally spending eight hours a day busy with this stuff, eight hours a day. And uh, and it took up so much of my <laughs> of my time and my life, but it was so so crucial for me because there was a sort of like there was an awakening happening inside of my heart where I you know certain things that I will remember even you know as a kid of how much I had this great great longing um, to be close to God you know and that was like it, it, this uh, it's it's hard to explain. Um, what was happening, you know, because as I was going, working out my confusion with all of this, obviously, as you can, you can, you can imagine going through all these different texts, I started fasting. I was going three days in a row with no food. I was going out praying for hours until my eyes like bloodshot red, just trying to navigate through everything that I was learning. And because of that, it put me in a certain distance. I mean, from a physical standpoint, you know, learning, just, just learning about the, about, you know, physiology, Right. Even if a person is is fasting, it does certain. It, it brings about a certain clarity to a person's mind in the first place. So mm-hmm. what, what it does to a person spiritually, you know, they experience Yom Kippur, or whatever, yes. is that <clears throat> the person becomes more sensitive even spiritually. So it, it was a it was a high flying time for me as I was saying. But you know, to make a long story short, I don't know how much shorter I can get after being this long, but. <laughs> That led me in the path of Judaism. You know, Judaism reigns supreme. Uh, and like I said, it wasn't a matter of like everything that went wrong. Cause like all the time people ask me like, what was it? The one thing about like Christianity, what was it like? It wasn't, it wasn't about this. Like the Jewish case was just so strong. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? That it could be, it could, just couldn't be ignored. Okay. It didn't even like, it took me a while afterwards to start like really going through like a saying, okay, well this, this doesn't line up with that. That doesn't line up yeah. with that. But that was not my initial, uh, in, that was not my initial, um, uh, growth, I would say, you know, as as I was going into Judaism, I was much more so mesmerized at how the Jewish people could still be here. Yeah, I guess uh, the prophets. I guess yeah. it's not because people think. I guess people are were thinking, what did you? It wasn't like you were running away for from something. You were running right. to something, I was running and that to is a, that is a always. very different thing. Right, it is. And, and and that's what happens to a lot of people is that they, since they're running away from something, you know, it, they they have to, they would have to at least question the motives mm-hmm. behind the running. You understand what I yeah, mean? I do. Like, what are the motives of what you're running away from mm-hmm. something? You know what I mean? Maybe a lot of times is something's more restrictive, I need something less restrictive, or, you know, or, or, or whatever it is. Right. However, for me, it was just like, it literally was like a fire burning in my heart and I just could not, I could not allow myself to like <laughs> just, you know, just sit and act like, you know, my whole world just didn't get flipped upside down. So that was the sort of the journey that I had. And my wife came along with me. Uh, in the beginning, she was resistant, okay. <laughs> very resistant. And, and, and I was, I was blessed to, to, to not push and to know not to push. And, and right. she had, her own journey and her own questions. And, and, you know, we worked through it together. And my wife's sister um, was dating, uh, was at the time was dating my best friend, uh, who was my best friend since kindergarten. And, you know, by this time we were already making music together. 
me and him, and uh, we were all on this journey together. So we, wow. we didn't know. We started with, like, with a Bible study group just between us, and then more people started coming. And then before you know it, I had to like take the whole cabana because we were having more people coming in. It's and kind I was of like, incredible. This Bible study group. It was like crazy. That is and, like, uh, I did, I'm trying to picture <laughs> this. It's like, that is. Yeah, it was a journey. Wow. It was definitely but it a sounds journey. like it was a beautiful shared journey. Beth David Hebrew School is now accepting new students. One of Toronto's most dynamic, egalitarian, conservative congregations is offering personalized Hebrew lessons, hands-on learning, exciting field trips, and small group activities, all with a hot dinner included. This is Jewish exploration that will last your children a lifetime. Classes run weekly on Monday nights from 5 to 7.15 p.m. starting September 18th. To learn more and enroll, visit BethDavid.com or email Adina, that's A-D-I-N-A, at BethDavid.com. But yeah, that's it, that's it in the I, short version. I'm kind of I'll like, let you ask some questions on I, your I, podcast. I, I, let me process some <laughs> stuff first. Like, I'm just like, because as you're speaking, it's for me, because you, you, you just pulled me in for one thing. You see, that's why you are who you are. You pulled me in and I was seeing it like a film. So I'm picturing like, as you're talking, I'm seeing the action. So when you were talking about everybody joining this group and, and, and learning mm-hmm. together, I, I just pictured like I, I saw it. So you, you, you mm-hmm. brought mm-hmm. me in, but, um, mm-hmm. wow. So. You could have stayed in the U.S. of A. forever, really, as, right. as you know, like as I could stay in Canada forever. But something right, clearly right. drew you to Israel because I do remember. I don't know if you recall, but I think we first connected, albeit briefly, years ago. I, and I can't even remember mm. what the occasion was. And I flipped you some email mm. or a, a message about something or commented. I, I can't even remember. Oh, it well. was a long time ago. But I. <laughs> And I know you came to Toronto at the Just very... Just see my inbox since then. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> I know you came to Toronto at least a couple of times, correct? Yeah, you're right. I followed you. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I says, oh, look what he's doing now. Like, the whiskey and da-da-da, right? Mm-hmm. And then it mm-hmm. felt right, like, right. to me, one minute you're, you're, you're traveling around, and then all of a sudden mm-hmm. it's like, is he in Israel? <laughs> <laughs> what was it? Hold up a minute. What did right. I miss? You know? So right, how did right, that right. happen? Like, because it's a conscious decision and it ain't easy. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, you know, easier for easier for some more than for others, no doubt about it. And for me it was easier. For my wife it was not easy. Um, but you know, they always say, you know, that the 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 that that um Hava Eve was created as a helpmate against the man. She's there to oppose him. Basically, she's there to tell him, "Say what? Say what? What yeah. you gonna do? What? Yeah. <laughs> you know?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's sort of what my wife, my <laughs> wife is, uh, and and it's good because it, it's it's the it's the best thing because you'll never be real with yourself. I always say that, man. Oh, like, like you know, that. most of the guys, I, unfortunately, unfortunately, we have a you know, there's somewhat of a problem. Not to talk on a sad note, but I want to say that there's uh you know. Uh, just over the last couple months of how they're hearing about people like that got married, and you went to the chasana, you heard about it, and like a month later, the divorce, and just yeah. like, you know, and every time you talk to the guy, what does he say, man, she was crazy. And I'm just like, well, listen, do you know that you like, we think differently? Like, do you do you realize that, you know, everybody's not going to agree with you, exactly. so that doesn't make them crazy? It, you know? It, and and that's and the I, beauty <laughs> of it, actually. It, the beauty of it is you're a, not the same person. You're not the same person. That was the whole point of of the whole entire thing you know so i just you know for me like i said i you know i don't i don't mean to overpraise my wife but let me overpraise her overpraise. but she's definitely uh, always has been uh, the person who make me keep it she's always made me keep it real with myself so 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 when it came to moving to israel it was just sort of like you know i think god always wants to hear more prayers out of me because she sent me praying I couldn't even say is in the house. Is was eliminated from the, 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 I was bringing it up so much. She was just like, don't, if she thought I was saying is, she was like, what, 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 you know? No, she, no, 
in in a, in a good way though, because yeah, yeah. she she you know it was it was clear like I'd, I'd never been there before. I don't know the language. I don't know. I don't got no cousins over there. No nothing. So it, it's it, it was very very hard for her. I was ready to go. My brother in law was ready to go. My sister in law was ready to go. So but I, I you know obviously I had that bug. I I visited there in 2013. A good friend of ours had brought me and my brother in law there. Uh, you know for our first for our first trip there. For me that was my scouting trip. Okay. So it had never left me, and every year. Uh, you know, during uh, during uh, Rosh Hashanah, I'm in Uman, Ukraine, because as a Breslava Chosid, we go there for the pilgrimage every year. Yeah. Uh, you know, like maybe eighty thousand uh, guys or so. Uh-huh. Um, so, so I was on this. I, 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 it was one particular year I was there. I think it was maybe 2014. Yeah, and uh, it was yeah, it was the year before I made Aliyah, and I went there. And you know, it's also just it's, it's such an awesome experience. It's a, it's a fire-filled experience oh, wow. of, of spirituality. So you're already really excited to be there. But most of the population that comes is from Israel, right. so you know it, it felt like I was in Yerushalayim. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like it was Jerusalem. <laughs> and um, and I had like this major yearning. So I remember second day was second day Rosh Hashanah. Um, I went to a very early uh, minion or prayer aquarium. Yeah. Whatever, and I was there uh, for for Nate's for sunrise, and afterwards it was a it had you know several hours before the actual meal would start, um, and so I went out and I went to pray at the end of Pushkin Street, which is uh which is the main road in uh in, in the in the area Uman by Rebbe Nachman's grave. Okay. I was there's a river at the very bottom over there, and I stood by that river praying to God to move to Israel for four hours straight. I didn't move from that place. Wow. I was crying and praying. I was begging to move to to move to to Israel to move to Israel. It was just already at this point I was like so fired up to move there. Now, not to say I wasn't praying every day, but like this, I had never prayed yes. before about you know just one thing really. Right. And um, and and God controls the heart. I said, God, you could you you could, you 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 know the hearts. Of, of every single person you know this is the place I want to be and um, so I remember after the holiday uh, my wife called me and she said to me on the phone she said you're never going to believe what happened to me I told her nothing right. nothing I didn't even tell her this story till a couple years after even she uh, she said to me you're not going to believe what happened like I had this dream that we were in Israel wow. and, and I had while well, I was asleep we were walking through the old city and I kept hearing everything's gonna be okay, everything. And I'm like, you can't understand. I got chills because yeah, I knew yeah. how much I was praying. So yeah. I'm like, wow, you know. I'm like thinking, and I said, so you know, I, I, this is why I went in for the. I said, I said maybe God's trying to tell us something, you know. She goes, nope, never been there, don't know the language. I'm, I'm <laughs> right back. <laughs> I was like, whoa. I'm like thinking. I was like. Hashem, we almost had her, you, you know. Thought you were we almost home had free. her. You I thought, thought you I were was golden. like golden, <laughs> you know. And then it was like, so, uh, breaks nah, on. It, right. So that was like okay, but you know what it did? It strengthened my faith. It strengthened my faith because there was so a little bit, kernel because, because just it was a little opening. bit, you know, <laughs> just a kernel of that. If that can happen, I said this is an open miracle. So I ended up going to uh, next few weeks. Um, I, I ended up in, uh, I was in London, I was in the UK and that I was there for a week, started off in London and by Shabbat, Shabbat UK, I was in, uh, in Manchester in uh, Whitefield and that whole week I barely slept. Every night I was up crying, praying so hard to move this. I was like overboard. So we had a, such a powerful Shabbos Shabbat um, in Shabbat UK in Whitefield it was beautiful a lot of boys who had never you know spent Shabbat you know or never kept Shabbat for the, this was their first time it was, I'm telling you just the energy there was amazing God gave me what to say um, I think I spoke very well there um, so much so where a lot of the people there were like listen maybe you come and work here with the youth like this is ah. you know what I mean you seem to have really something. and I told everybody this I can't I said in, the, in a few months I'm making Aliyah I'm going to Israel. Israel you know <laughs> You know, and everybody Don't was like, Mazel wife, tov. But I'm going like, exactly, right? They're like, Mazel Tov, and I'm taking Lachaims oh and everything God. else, Are and everybody like, Yeah, right a moment. I'm dead serious. If they would have called my wife, she was like, I don't know what this guy is talking. It's I have like, no idea. Oh, yeah. All right. You know, oh, yeah. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, because I, I still couldn't say is in the house up until this point. <laughs> so I didn't bring it up. 
And I remember I came back from this trip. It was maybe a day or two. Uh, and we was just in the living room, me and my wife. And she looks up to me and she says, we should move to Israel. She's like, and she had all this. She just like said out the blue, like it was her idea or something. And she's like, you know, <laughs> there's so many reasons why we should move and for the kids and the whatever. And we, and and so we when, have to do when it. You, and like, when you picked yourself up off the floor. Right, right. <laughs> I was like tripping out. I was like, wow, you know. I was like, yeah. I was like, you got a point. You got a point. And uh, so, so we ended up uh, making Aliyah. I mean, maybe three, four, five months after that, we left everything pretty fast. behind. That's pretty fast. Uh, yeah, we moved very, very quick. Yeah. Well, what happened was, I, I, I probably should leave out this nuance. I don't want people to think I'm a bad guy, but I, I just, I was really yearning. So what happened was, I had kind of already started the Aliyah process okay, you know without what? my <laughs> wife knowing. <laughs> I don't know if I want to hear this. <laughs> but, but I shouldn't be so... surprised because you already told people in the UK that you were like, <laughs> so... I was like, because I, I was so confident. After after what I experienced before, I was like, oh yeah, God's with me. I'm, I already know that this is going to happen. You know, it was a certain type of uh, what we call in um, in um, in Hebrew, certain azus digdusha, like a certain uh, uh, holy brazenness. You know, to approach God, even though we're not worthy, but we, we but but it's for a spiritual thing. And God, you want this more than I want it. You understand what I mean? So I'm only asking, I'm only asking. Yeah, with some chutzpah, you got to go with it. He's my tati, he's my ab, he's my father. And if it's something good that 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 is only going to be, so he he wants it more than I want it, you know? So, uh, but you got to, but the, but the, but the, but the, the thing is, you know, you have to have a level of faith and bitu mm-hmm. to where yes and no are the same answer to you, you know? So it's, it's two things. You got to be able to have that balance. So, but at least I had started this Aliyah process and they kept on saying to him, when do we meet your wife? Oh, yeah, you know, soon, you know, <laughs> whatever. So they had already been sending me documents. Laugh, I was signing them. It's reality. What's wrong with it's you? Reality. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. I'm a bad boy. You know, I, I made a lot of chuva about this, you know. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so it worked out. It worked out that my wife was actually very happy that I did it because it saved us a lot of a uh, lot of time. Uh-huh. So we were able to move it along pretty fast. And so yeah. so we ended up moving there sight unseen she had never been there before we didn't even have an apartment the day we landed we like landed and start looking for an apartment and we got into something that night and we were there for about a year in, in Rahavia area or something like that but like okay. we really moved on the Muna, you know so that was my that was my aliyah story for those of you who are any remotely familiar with israel to just kind of <laughs> land with your wife kids no place to go you're just asking for all <laughs> everything, bro. Yeah, now, now you see why I have HBO show now, right? You see, you see, they all sell it. Uh, so, so yeah, so the HBO shows. Talk. Yeah. So, so that's been in de- that's been in the development now for a while. We yeah. we did a deal with HBO. It was just you know this story was like you could look at it, this my story. I guess it could be a it could be a drama. I was approached by a few different um, networks or different production companies. Um, about about my story. One wanted to do like a four part series of a drama. One wanted to do a documentary, and the HBO approached about doing a comedy. I you know, they really liked the the, the comedy. About that, yeah, 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 yeah. They 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 uh, yeah from their side, from the PR team yeah. at the HBO actually had, had published that after we did the deal with them. Um, that Motherland Bounce is actually going to be turned into a TV series. Um, God willing, you know, we'll see. Right now, the the writers in Hollywood are on strike, so that slowed everything yeah, yeah, down. But yeah, there's been sure. the beautiful episodes written already. Okay, hold um, up, hold up. Um, and wait, waiting wait, for the wait, Hollywood wait, wait. strike. Want to talk about stuff? <laughs> so, is there yeah. a role for uh-huh. a black Jewish Canadian fond of Israel <laughs> working on her Hebrew goes by the name of Rivkush is there like you know I'm, I'm happy to, I'm happy to wave in the background I'm happy to wave, you know just stand there uh, I, can, I can just like you listen, know pose like a statue I don't know how m- that's a good question I don't know how much control <laughs> you may have to ask, ask Sally Richardson about that one you know so this, this is this is technically our show together, but she's, you know, definitely she's uh, she's producing okay, and directing it's it. It's spelled so. Rivkush. Rivkush, <laughs> got it. 
I need got Rifkush. It. Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. You see, so, I can be brazen too. I ain't too. saying. I ain't saying no. I'm just saying, you know, you got to talk to the talk to the right people. Be the same thing. Yeah, it can't be the same. I hear it exactly. Already using my own material against me. No you question. <laughs> Yeah, so, that, so hopefully, like I, I would, I can't wait. Yeah, the strike puts right, a little. Right. It just slows it down. It just slows it. Down. Yeah, slowed it down. Yeah. The actor strike we're a little less worried about, but the, mm-hmm. I, I mean, but the, but the writer strike definitely was something that put, you know, Moshe Kasher who's writing it. Shout out to Moshe Kasher. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, put it, put things on hold, and then, but, and then, but since then, so many other networks have reached out to us about uh, other stuff. So there could be even more stuff that yeah. can work in tandem with this uh, working out. I that I can't speak on yet, but. Okay, so I can I can wait before I send you the email with my deets about you know yeah, up, yeah. And coming, up and coming projects and being like a background yeah. actor who just stands yeah. there. Gotcha, gotcha, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Oh yeah, you ain't got no shame. For sure. <laughs> oh my goodness, it's how's good. your Hebrew? How's your Hebrew? Uh, let me say it like an Israeli. Uh, how's your Hebrew? Uh, how's your Hebrew? <laughs> 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 Oh, yes, good. Yes, 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 My kids, my kids are like full-blown Israelis, oh, so you got to know something. Right? Yeah, yeah, they're like kids. My kids picked it up in like five months. Yeah. And, oh, in correction, I did make Aliyah with four. Now we have seven. So we yeah. have three that were born here. So they're Israeli. Um, Lagamre. Yeah. As we would say, yeah. um, but they all my kids. I, I pick up a, so much Hebrew from my kids. They're like correcting me as I'm like talking to some people oh, on shame. the phone. But I tell them, I give them free <laughs> free way. You're not really supposed to co- correct your parents, all right? According yeah, to exactly. Jewish law, you don't just like correct your parents, right? But for them, I tell them, you know, if I say something wrong, fix me on the spot. So, yeah. I need to. I need to. I need. That's the only way to really pick it up, you know. That is true. Uh, and and there's so many Americans here, I would say English native speakers, Anglo people, mm-hmm. who be here 30, 40 years and I they will know. never pick up the language. I and it's, you know, it's, because it's a hard thing to, because we, we are used to, I, I would say definitely as American for sure, so we got a big problem as American, right? We are, technically the word should be something else, but I'm just call it what it is. We sort of have a certain sort of arrogance that the, we expect that the whole world should speak English already because oh, yeah. uh, uh, a yeah. good amount of the world uh, uh, does, you right? Know, yes, we know that. <laughs> we Canadians, we know about your arrogance. That's why, we, that's why we watch shows like Amazing Race to watch the Americans complain about people in other countries who don't speak English. I'm in it's France and I problem. can't believe nobody speaks English. Yeah, so oh, it's I'm, a big problem. I'm aware. It's a big problem. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So there's sort of this weird expectation from us that everybody should speak English and so you know and and we know on the flip side because a great amount of the world does speak English on some varying to varying degrees of level so there's so many accents that we come across right so we know how stupid it looks for somebody to be making mistakes in their English right so nobody wants to be that person in another language and that's what it takes you have to be you have to you know look you know like I have a friend who's Israeli and all the time I'm every time he would say like you know speaking in the future tense he would say I came to get you tomorrow you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I came yeah, to yeah, get yeah. you tomorrow. Yeah. And, and you know, I just was used to his access. So I never said anything. But then when I started thinking about it, I started speaking Hebrew. I was just like, man, I sound like that. You know what I'm oh, saying? Let like me tell you. Past okay. tense, future tense, you know? So, so you know, thing. you got to kind of be brazen enough to get through it. You know? 100%. So here's the thing. I wish you could see my office because it has one whole full shelf of Hebrew language learning text. My equal other who no. did tell me that, you know, pronounced your name uh-huh. incorrectly when I asked him, uh-huh. even though he's Israeli, uh-huh. he says, uh-huh. I probably have the best collection of Hebrew learning to speak Hebrew books he's ever seen. He said, I could wow. probably open up a bookstore. <laughs> I lived in Israel for a year in a place called Boy. Ahad, where pretty uh-huh. much no one speaks anything but Hebrew, Russian, and Arabic. Oh, wow. By the time oh, wow, I left, wow. lots of people spoke English. Um, right. Let's see. I, again, you know, my equal others Israeli, our friendship group are Israelis. I should be 
fluent, but he, and I'm right. currently enrolled in Hebrew actually formally. Right. So here's the right, thing: right. I can understand okay. if we keep talking. I can understand. I'm very, very, right. very shy about responding for some of the right. things you alluded to. It was and, right, and, right. <laughs> and here's what happened: I could probably tell you the exact date this happened to me, but I'll tell you mm-hmm. the year it was 2012 mm-hmm. in Israel. Mm-hmm. In the Negev, driving from, I think it was, yeah, driving from Beersheba. And mm-hmm. my friend asked me something or said something, and I said, Lamalo. But I didn't say mm-hmm. it, Lamalo. He says, I said mm-hmm. it like this Lamalo. <laughs> and I'm like, I didn't say it like that. He goes, Oh, your accent. Ugh. And I, I was like, But wait a minute, you speak English with an accent? Do you hear me saying, Oh, do, do? no, Lama Ever since then, I have been so shy about speaking. So shy, right? When they, yeah, I know, I know, I know. So, but you know, I know. I gotta know be brave, that. man. You so I'm what? trying to I, be brave. I, I, it does. You got to be brave. And that's something I, I, I have to get over all the time also, too, me, myself, because I get very, very uh, shy about speaking also, mm-hmm. too, because it's, it's not it's more than just that. It's like, you know, let me let me uh, let me be vulnerable now. Okay. Uh, I'm also I'm also I'm also celebrity. So yeah. that that uh, so a lot of times I'm asked to speak or to come places or mm-hmm. something. I was just by a uh, uh, Beta Yisrael community, uh, uh, Ethiopian community mm-hmm. here, who had me come out and and speak and different things like that. Mm-hmm. And I started in Hebrew. I was just like, guys, I'm gonna do this in English for the translator, just because yeah. you know it's like, you know, like. To be the guy making mistakes and you're you know, spotlight. Uh, there's a spotlight yeah, on you. Yeah, They're gonna be like, did you, you hear so the way Nisim speaks the Hebrew? <laughs> the way he speaks exactly. the Hebrew. What is Maze Lamalo? Maze, Maze, Maze. No, so the 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 thing about it is, what's funny is that the the um the nuance is like, you know. There, there's that. I, I, I look at it this way. I'm also doing a mitzvah for other people. You know, I'm stopping other people from speaking Lush and Hara. You know what I'm saying? Because they would be speaking Lush and Hara about me <laughs> if they heard me give out a whole, whole thing in Hebrew. So oh, I really, I'm helping I'm them that out. Too. I'm, I'm totally me. using that. <laughs> <laughs> so oh I'm just my looking gosh. out. You're too funny. That's all. for sure. Oh my God. So before, because I, I could go on forever and it's getting late for where you are too. And I'm cognizant <laughs> yeah, sure. of that. For a second there, I forgot that, hey, I'm not in Israel right now. <laughs> but, um, I do want to ask you, tell me, because I'm not even joking when I talk about whiskey. I love uh, okay. whiskey and I love bourbon. Like that's my, mm-hmm. that's my thing. And when I mm-hmm. saw, when you first launched it, I was like, what, what is this? What is this? Ooh. Oh, my goodness. Google, Google. Um, how do I get this? How does it get to Canada? Oh, I don't know if I can get it to Canada. Oh, my goodness. Right. <laughs> it's just like. Canada so, was our biggest. Yeah, that was so hard for us. So, yeah, but we started the whiskey uh-huh. uh, out of, uh, you know, I. the truth is the guy that owned the distillery, shout out to David Zabel. Uh, mm-hmm. uh he he i met him in the shook and he like wow. passed me some whiskey that he did so you were showing me whiskey um and i was like man i've always wanted to do my own whiskey it was mm-hmm. like let's talk you know it was really wow. like a very natural conversation like that and um and and i'm not even a big drinker but when i do have i like whiskey i'm yes. like old school like that i yeah. like bourbon and like whiskey yeah. i'm not into all the new every fly Please. new drink and different yeah, things like need, that and i don't need stuff I like in you. my drink <laughs> right right exactly i don't need stuff in it don't be mixing my stuff you know what i'm saying just give me something like that that's small and i and i'm a sipper i'm not a yeah. i wouldn't taste it you know so for me it was a it was a it was a big thing for me to like you know get over all my other things like okay what if I, I'm like promoting a whiskey I don't want people to like start getting drunk and all that after I got over all of that oh. um uh, you know just because it's a consciousness like who yeah. wants to be the guy where your bottle was the one that the oh, person dang. drank before they crashed into something I like, never I, even thought I of think, that I think this way like you know and you know after I got over all of it though yeah. to realize that you know it could it could have been anybody's bottle you know I had to talk it through mm-hmm. um, and we decided to do it tasted some barrels I bought a unique blend I wanted something blackened I like stuff a little heavy I, I would have preferred more smoky but okay. once I had 
this blend and it was very smooth and very sweet. I just was like, okay, this is me. And I and he had a few different uh, style of bottles and I just wanted to do it really as a run to see like how it would be. Mm-hmm. Um, and this stuff started flying off the shelf. I was like, whoa, people oh, really yeah. into whiskey. I was like, man, I couldn't sell a t-shirt, but everybody <laughs> wants whiskey. <laughs> You know, I guess I guess it's a little, little less authentic. Everybody knows I'm not walking around in t-shirts, so they're yeah. sort of like, yeah, I guess they're selling t-shirts. But they can see the lahaya uh, with the whiskey. Exactly, exactly. So, oh, cool. Um, so that's next it. time so, I'm so in Israel, lot coming soon. Well, God willing, I'll be in Israel. If not February, oh, maybe April, May. So I'm going to do okay. two things. I have two. Well, mm-hmm. I have lots of stuff that I'm going to do, but two things are now priority. <laughs> Meeting uh-huh. you, Adina, and mm-hmm. the kids, okay, and okay. your Shalayim, okay, right. and um, getting, bringing back a bottle of the whiskey. <laughs> of course, of course, yeah, all those, those all the, they're all at the same place, so don't even okay, worry. Okay, so it sounds kind of perfect. <laughs> so, I'm so, I'm, I, I feel kind of bad because I, I really don't want to go. I'm enjoying this conversation so much because you're, you're kind <laughs> of, you're, you you're so also, much. you're also super chill. Um, Thank you. You are coming to Toronto. Yes, I am coming to Toronto. Got to tell you, I, I do. I, yeah, I will be there. You, you might see me. Like, I'll, I'll... <laughs> I, have a, I, have a, I have a lot of unfinished business in Toronto, actually. So oh, I, I happen to love it. It's one of my favorite places to be, actually. It probably gets so clean and stuff like that. Ah. Um, I went to Montreal, and I was like yeah. really expecting like the same thing out of Montreal. Montreal was also very beautiful. The problem in Montreal, though, is that I just really... It was one of those things where I went expecting to speak English with people also, too, and I wasn't getting oh. that. So, okay. I, you know, so I, I wasn't... You <laughs> needed to have contacted me, and I could have given uh-huh. you the head. Heads up, and I could have said, right, right. you need to pull out your book, parce que tu parles français? <laughs> exactly I, yeah, and I don't got any of that so yeah. uh, so that was a little but the concert there was amazing the love and reception was great um, but my unfinished business in Toronto which actually kind of bleeds over to what happened in Montreal mm-hmm. is that last time I was in Toronto um, I, I went to Drake's house you know I'm just like you know brother the brother you know what I'm saying okay black oh, and oh, Yiddish oh, 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 okay. <laughs> this, this is not happening what? to me right now I need what to you be you about? for a moment. You need to bring me no. to Drake's house, okay? <laughs> no, no, no. Let me finish the story because it <laughs> okay, ain't as glamorous right, right, right. as it sounds. It's not as glamorous this. as it sounds. So what's funny is, so I go over there. I just totally uninvited, unexpected. You know what I'm saying? This is what we did. This is what we talked about, holy brazenness. Yeah, so yeah. I want to go over there, you know, and, and, and give him peace of my mind because I need to get him out of Ibiza and back in Yeshiva, you know? So I was, I went over there. To go it. talk to him. <laughs> and um, and so I just told the guy, the guard, I said, tell him Rabbi Black is outside. He knows who I am. You know, I tried that one. Um, so he really, he took it serious. He goes, he, he went inside. And I, and I could tell he was there because I could tell excited the guy who came to, you know, he had ordered food prior to. So I seen some food. Prior. I was like, man, he's in. I'm tapping my guy next to him. I'm like, he's in there, man. He's in there. So, um. So the guy comes back out and he was just like, man, you know, he's in a bad mood right now. He said, but he said, you come back and I got you, man. I'm going to take care of you. He said, but right now, you know, it's, it's not good. But it, normally he, he, he wouldn't he wouldn't even have mind. So yeah. I said, OK. So I said, I tried. I made my attempt. So I, a few months later already, I'm in Montreal, a crazy show in Montreal, beautiful mm-hmm theater over there it was awesome so i get off and uh somebody whoever was connected to drake uh on facetime with drake's manager so i start talking to him and whatever and he's looking and he said man i know who you are <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, love it. Just, I was like i was like oh who me you know yeah. so he's like yeah yeah i know you are so we start talking whatever he's like man no we're gonna hook up and blah 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 and all that so i got unfinished business over there because like i said I don't think Drake's been to Israel yet. We gotta get him to Israel yeah. also too and get him a, a higher sold book yeah. like you. And and we're gonna and, and you know at least just to get him more connected with the culture. You well, know it would be kind of cool. Too. Like I kind of I think it'd be a cool conversation get, at least. And I kind of get his like I kind I don't want to say I I kind of get him but I kind of get him because I know the yeah. Jewish Toronto Jewish community pretty well so I kind of get mm-hmm. how sometimes mm-hmm. it's just a interesting place to be in. But sure. he is our people. He is our people yeah, in many, many, sure. many, many ways. Right, right. right. Many ways. So right, many exactly. ways. So good luck. And um, yeah. And so <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say. Make sure I go. No, I'm still holding out for that part in the. <laughs> <laughs> for the show. 
<laughs> but listen, I'm I'm looking forward to coming to Toronto. Definitely one of yeah, my favorite so, places to be. Yeah, so and that is sure. yours. It is what September seventh. September seventh. September seventh. Yeah. Federation launch campaign launch. So yeah. very exciting. Yeah. I know people are going to go crazy for you. <laughs> I'm excited. And because I know even like in around the synagogue, I've mentioned you, and they're like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. So our <laughs> rabbi is going to be there. <laughs> amazing so i don't want to keep you it's like uh what time is it there it's late it's almost 10 it's definitely pushing that time i, I mean it. thank god i was yeah. able to get my kids to sleep before uh, the yeah. younger ones but yeah definitely yeah it's pushing definitely late. gotta run but i thank you so much oh it's been thank awesome. you so really much awesome. and i do intend to connect with you the next time god willing i'm in israel and okay. thank you so much for this i felt like i was speaking to a brother friend so really uh, likewise really thank you very much thank, thank you. you thank you so much Wake up in the mountain, feeling the weight of the world on my shoulders. I wanna move closer, but I- Riff Kush is hosted by me, Rivka Campbell. We're produced and edited by Michael Freeman. Our theme music is by Westside Gravy. We're proudly sponsored by the Canadian Race Relations Foundation and hosted by the CJN Podcast Network. To support our work and everything else the CJN does, visit the cjn.ca slash donate to make a monthly donation and receive a charitable tax receipt. Thanks for listening. I just want you to know that I want to go to a place where I find you, a place I call home, a place where I'm not alone, and maybe I'll grow just a little bit more, and I'll be Jewish comedy legend Modi and Hasidic rapper Nisim Black are coming to Toronto to perform live at UJA's campaign launch on September 7th. Visit jewishtoronto.com to get your tickets today. Don't miss Modi and Nisim Black on September 7th. Go to jewishtoronto.com for your ticket today.